Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to host Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and proud to feature the PDA on this week's show with four superstars, including their 16-year-old superstar Casey Fair, who just participated in the World Cup with South Korea and is now signed with the NWSL's Angel City FC. It's just the best of the best. It's helped me develop so much with all the competition within the league. It's a really, really great league that people have put a lot of effort into, so I think it's just great. Madison Tiernan has been with the PDA a long time and is also a member of the Rutgers women's soccer team coaching staff. I think ECNL means great it all levels hardworking, the best of the best mike o'neill a longtime face of the pda and also the top man for the rutgers women's soccer team just a shout out i think the hiring of ralph richards and jason cutney was a good one really good and the pda's nick heineman who is also part of the seton hall women's coaching staff yeah the best platform for the youth players to play in the country so it's casey fair madison tiernan mike o'neill and nick heineman from the pda on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. And it starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where this entire show is dedicated to the PDA Soccer Club. Of course, a big reason is because of the signing of Casey Fair to Angel City FC. This after representing South Korea in the most recent World Cup at under 16 years old. Here's a little bit more about the PDA Soccer Club before we dive into a visit with Casey Fair and Madison Tiernan. And then we meet two of the other great leaders of the PDA. They are Michael Neal, the CEO and also the head coach of the Rutgers women's soccer team, and Nick Heineman. You'll enjoy my visit with both of them later in the program. Also known as the Players Development Academy and also known as the place for some of the best female and male players to ever be produced by a U.S. club. The objective of the PDA Soccer Club is to provide a year-round soccer training program that will develop players to their greatest potential, focusing on top quality instruction and exposure to the highest levels of competition. The club will form a boys team and a girls team in each of the age groups, including under 9 through under 19. These teams will compete in premier leagues throughout the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states and will participate in highly competitive tournaments nationwide. It is the PDA's goal to offer these players optimal opportunities to gain the recognition that will enable them to achieve continued success as athletes on the country's top collegiate teams, United States national teams, other national teams, and or professional soccer teams. The PDA Soccer Club will compete at the highest level, both nationally and internationally, provide a platform to give players the highest quality of training and competition, encourage players to participate on state, regional, and national teams. The PDA offers a scholarship fund to players in need of financial aid for participation on the soccer club teams. This fund has been generously donated by individuals and businesses. What is the PDA mission? Well, the Players Development Academy, known as the PDA, is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation dedicated to the promotion and development of youth soccer in New Jersey. Their mission is to provide exceptional youth soccer players 
with a challenging program that will offer opportunities to compete in national and international competitions with a goal that these players will gain exposure to enhance their opportunities to further their development as student athletes at the college level. To put a year-round, quote, soccer-only training facility in place with top-quality playing surfaces, lighted fields, and an all-weather field turf, an environment through which players in the academy can reach their full playing potential. The PDA will achieve its mission through its soccer program. With the facilities, professional coaching, competition, financial backing through scholarship funds, integration of all socioeconomic levels, and the desire to succeed, the PDA hopes to develop an environment in which the soccer stars of the future will be nurtured and developed. One of those soccer stars is current 16-year-old Casey Fair, the youngest player at last summer's Women's World Cup as a forward for South Korea, who signed with Angel City of the National Women's Soccer League just in January. Fair was signed through 2026 via the league's under-18 entry mechanism, the Los Angeles-based team announced in January. At age 16, Fair joins the club as the youngest player in history to appear in the Women's World Cup and the youngest player in Angel City FC history. Fair said recently, quote, It feels like a dream come true. The first time I came to Los Angeles was last September. I trained with Angel City and fell in love with the culture and L.A. All of the players were super welcoming, and I really enjoyed everything about the city. I'm excited to start working with the team and play at BMO Stadium in front of all of the fans. End quote. ACFC General Manager Angela Hughes said, and I quote, The talent pool for women's football is expanding as evidenced by Casey Fair being the youngest player signing for Angel City to date. Her maturity and experience on the world stage in this past Women's World Cup will help her have a smooth transition to the professional ranks. We're excited to add depth to our front line and allow Casey an opportunity to grow and develop at Angel City. Not only is Casey Fair the youngest player to make a World Cup debut, she is also the first Korean-American to receive a call-up to the senior South Korea women's national team. Prior to joining the senior team, Fair competed with the U-17 team, compiling five goals in two games, including a hat-trick against Hong Kong and the Women's Asian Cup qualifier. Fair was born in South Korea before moving to New Hampshire with her parents. She later moved to Warren Township, New Jersey, where she started training with Players Development Academy, PDA. Casey Fair also competed at Pingree School, earning 25 goals in 15 matches. And with that, Casey Fair is one of four outstanding members of the PDA we will feature today. But we start by welcoming Casey Fair to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Casey, indeed an honor to have you on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And Madison Tiernan, Madison, you're so much fun. And now I get to watch your sister as well. Madison, welcome to Breaking the Line. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so Madison, do me a favor. Set the table on how amazing Casey Fair is. I know we're going to embarrass her a little bit, but you know it's not every day that a 16-year-old is <laughs> playing for the NWSL, let alone Angel City, which is a powerhouse team led by powerhouse owners, powerhouse players, you know it. And to top all of that, someone who's already played in a World Cup at under 16 years old, simply spectacular. What makes her so special, Madison? I've had the pleasure, of, I got to work with Casey for two years at PDA, and we talk about it so much that the model for the club of what a true center forward should be. We always modeled it around Casey. I mean, just the level and dynamic levels to her game. She can be a post-up player. She can run in behind. She's going to take players on. I think having that versatility within her game made her so special. So she really became the person we were mirroring the system off of. Like, you want to be a successful center forward, come watch Casey Fair play. So I had so much fun getting to work with her not just as a soccer player, but as a person. She is so fun to be around. So I am so excited that now she gets to be obviously at the the pinnacle game and playing with and against some of the greatest players for sure. Well, Casey Fair, she began her youth career as a center back in New Hampshire, but eventually transitioned to forward where she excelled 
for the New Jersey Powerhouse Club Players Development Academy, known as PDA. She says she idolizes U.S. forward Mallory Pugh and Mallory Swanson now, and she likes to watch clips of fellow forwards Erling Halan and Zlatan Ibrahimovic to refine her game. Uh, let's start right there. I mean, Miss Fair, Zlatan is a beast, and the fact that you're modeling your game after him is pretty awesome and a big statement. Talk a little bit about that if you can. I mean, I think I'm a player that has good size, and obviously he has good size, but just like the confidence he has on the field, which is something I really try to have also, but just like the creativity he has and the confidence he has to do it is something I really strive to be like. In a simplest form, who is Casey Fair, right? At 16, I was not thinking about playing pro in front of 20 or 30,000, my my thoughts were not where they needed to be. Like, how, how do you become so focused to make it to this point? And then Madison, after she answers, maybe you can talk about what you saw in her to know that she could pull this off. I mean, I never, like, really expected it, I guess, because I'd always, like, dreamed of going to college and then pro. So that was always, like, what I had in mind until I went to the World Cup this summer. And, like, when I went there, I experienced, like, the game's highest level so I think just being in that environment and playing with and against such good players really like made me want to take that next step and choose to go professionally instead of college I'll echo exactly that I think especially as coaches you know you look for certain qualities where you know players are going to be able to go to that next level and be super impactful and you know Casey has that it factor we joked, we knew as soon as she went to the World Cup, we were like, when she comes back, there is no way she's coming back. She's going to go. I think once you get a taste of that experience and being in a room with, you know, just the highest level in your sport, you want that. You want to strive for that. So we knew, you know, and we were super supportive of that and in every way. And I think that's the exciting part is that now that you're there, it's what can I chase now? And I think that's the constant. You know, and to do that at 16, that's so impressive. And I'm your biggest fan, for, rooting from you all the way from Jersey all the time. So I'm really excited. Well, and Casey, it was fun to research you knowing that, you know, you had Gotham right there in your backyard and they've signed all these stars, but you checked out other teams and you just admitted that Angel City was the right fit. Can you put into words why you felt like it was the right fit, Casey? Oh, when I trialed with Angel City, that was my first kind of taste of LA. So I've never been in the city before or even on the West Coast, I think, for anything other than soccer. But I think just the environment that not even, not just the players, but the front office, the coaches, the environment that they created felt so welcoming and so like inspiring, really. Like, I don't know. I just felt so welcomed and so comfortable with them. And just the players went out of their way to know my name, talk to me, ask like my story kind of, and then also give input on like what their soccer journeys were like. So where they went to college, how they went pro and like all that stuff. And I just felt so, like, I keep saying welcomed, but like welcomed really is like the one where that jumps like to my brain like, the coaches also are amazing. The front office, it's just such a well-run club. And the environment they create is amazing. It's where I want to be. That's pretty amazing. And what about your family? When you went to them and said, hey, I'm on the East Coast, but I really want to go work as a pro, as a 16-year-old on the West Coast, what was their response to that, Casey? So my mom is from Korea. So she she's only known the East Coast because she lived there with my dad but my dad grew up on the east coast so I guess my whole family is our east coast people which going to them saying oh I love Angel City was kind of kind of like awkward but they were so supportive and my dad's always wanted to live in LA so they were super excited and they were I don't think they were thinking more of the move but they were like my mom had dropped me off at training and picked me up and she called my dad and said she'd never seen me like so happy after training sorry Madison I'm happy after PDA too but she was like she just saw like my smile coming out and like she went with me on my first day and she saw how welcoming everyone was and so she as well was blown away by the culture of Angel City so 
like I think she knew it was the right decision and she told my dad and then my parents have always been like fully on board with all my soccer so I think they were just happy that I finally found like a home where I felt really comfortable and where I like they knew I could thrive. That's so awesome. And, and and actually, I found it quite cute that you apologized to Madison. But I think you can admit, Casey, that part of the reason why you fit into the culture is because the culture of PDA was so great to prepare you for mm -hmm. this level. Can you add on to that? Yeah, so I actually moved to PDA or I moved to New Jersey to play for PDA. I don't think a lot of people know that, but like the sole reason or like the main reason I moved to New Jersey was to play for PDA. And I think just the competitive environment I was in, like, I think I joined when I was 13, just growing up in that and like really like my develop developmental years were with PDA. So I think growing up around like coaches like Madison and Mike, who are competitive people and making the practices and games so competitive, I think going into the next level that had prepared me well. I mean, Madison, now we add Casey Fair to the list of legends that come out of the PDA. I don't know if you're allowed to call a 16-year-old a legend, but I feel like <laughs> everything that I've heard about her, obviously obviously already being at a World Cup, I mean, she's going to fit right in with a lot of big names that have come out of PDA. Do you agree, Madison? A hundred percent. I think Casey would agree with this. We say this all the time, that her best soccer is still ahead of her, so that's the exciting part that we're here we we feel we had our part in helping her develop you know the world is her oyster and we hope you know her success continues in years to come and this is just the beginning you know so that's the, the really exciting exciting part about the game and about her journey I'm really looking forward to it what a show we have today Casey Fair from PDA already represented South Korea in the most recent World Cup already signed with Angel City of the NWSL, a key part of the PDA, the Players Development Academy. She's joined on these first two segments by Madison Tiernan, a key part of PDA and Rutgers Women's Soccer. Later on, we'll hear from Mike O'Neill and Nick Heineman from the PDA as well. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk to Casey Fair about some of the superstars she's going to be hanging with with Angel City of the NWSL. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Now, Casey, we all know that Mia Hamm is one of the owners, and I'm thinking, actually, you're almost too young to know exactly who Mia Hamm is, but tell me that's not true. Tell me you kind of know a little no, bit. No, I've read a book about her. I'm not too young. <laughs> all right, awesome. My, my first camp with U.S. soccer was with Mia Hamm, and Michelle Akers and Karen Jennings and Brandy Chastain. So that was a long, long time ago, way back in 1989, almost before Mia Hamm was truly Mia Hamm. But how often does she come around? And the other thing that I think would happen to me is, you know, Natalie Portman and Jennifer Garner and Jessica Chastain and all these Hollywood superstars. Have you seen them too? I haven't seen them at training yet, but I know they're very, very involved with the team. And you don't really see like ownership be that involved with the team which I think what they do is so great for the club because they come out on game days I know like I haven't had my first game day but I know they come and they're just super excited to be there which just like makes like everyone happy and they just seem so happy to be there so I haven't seen them yet but hopefully soon well see you'll be used to it because a lot of people say if you could bind Natalie Portman Jennifer Garner and Jessica Chastain, that would be Madison Tiernan. So you'll be used to hanging out with those kind of people. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah for sure. <laughs> I'm <laughs> flattered, but not even close. <laughs> that works for you, doesn't it, Madison? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's amazing. <laughs> Just the investment into the women's game, I think that's the important part to have, you know, people that have strong reputations behind them investing. It's only going to make the sport evolve and be better. So 
it's really exciting and I'm happy that Casey gets to be a part of that for sure. All right. We kind of did it already, Madison, but take me back to the first day or first time you heard. I mean, was it Mike O'Neill that said, hey, we got this gal coming from New Hampshire or like who was it that said, hey, look out, Casey Fair's coming into town. I mean, do you remember any of that fanfare at all? So previously to us taking over her PDA team, she was coached by another, obviously, coaching staff. So we had been around and we knew right away. I mean, your eyes go right to Casey. She's like I said, she has that it factor. So to know that we were eventually going to get to take over that team and get to work with, I mean, players like her, that's the type of player you want to work with. So I didn't, I wasn't there for the initial cast of her moving into to Jersey, but I was super excited when we worked with her at ECNL Nationals and knew that we were taking over the team that year. It was definitely very exciting because that's that's all you can ask for as a coach is to work with players like Casey. So, And all I can ask for is a perfect segue by you mentioning the ECNL. Casey, this is breaking the line, the ECNL podcast. You know, obviously you've already done a World Cup. Now you're in the NWSL, but I'm hoping you'll say that the ECNL has helped you develop along the way. What can you say about how the ECNL has helped you, Casey? Well, like one of the big things that like I liked about PDA, like going, like moving was it was when COVID like hit or whatever and the DA collapsed. Like I didn't know that much about it, but my dad knew that the ECNL was like probably the best league for girls soccer. So PDA being like as strong of a team they are, club they are, and being in that league was something like my parents really wanted for me. And then I, I was too young to realize what it was at the time. But then like just being in that league with all the really good competition and all like the showcases they do and everything, like I think they do a great job investing in the girls game, like the youth girls game. Like they do so much just for that. And the exposure you get from playing like in that league, I think really helped a lot. All right, this might be a little tougher question, Casey, but what is your greatest memory and or moment playing in the ECNL? We obviously know you did a World Cup, so that's got to be right there. We know when you make your first appearance with the NWSL, but your greatest moment or memory playing in the ECNL? Not last year's Nationals because I was gone, but the year before that, we made it to the round of, was it eight? I don't remember what it was, but we had beat Solar. We had beat them in PKs, and I think that was, like, the happiest moment I've ever played, like, in club soccer. Because it was just such a – it was such a hot day. It was such a competitive game. Like, I think they scored really early, then we scored, then they scored, then I scored at the end. And But it was just so competitive, and it was so much fun to play. Like, I think <laughs> I was so nervous I threw up before the game. But it was just so much fun to be on the field and, like, the my PDA team like some of my best friends closest and longest best friends have come from that team and so just to be on that field with them and then to win in PKs like that was so I can't even like emphasize it enough it was so stressful but like you can see the pictures but like we were all so excited and like that team hug it was just like probably my favorite favorite moment from club soccer as a whole that's awesome and you know Madison since I asked Miss Fair about the ECNL and you're coaching in it in addition to coaching Rutgers right mm-hmm. alongside Michael Neal. What what do you think makes the ECNL so successful? The caliber of player that is in the ECNL just makes the competition that great. Every time we are even in league games or we go to showcases, every game is a good game. And that's all you can ask for, right? So I think just the the level of coaching and the investment into the league, I think it makes it special. And it's in club soccer to us, the ECNL is the top. It's where the top players come from. So to know that they're getting that level of exposure and experience at such a young age just prepares them to go on and play in big college conferences, but also players now, a lot of players are foregoing college and going right into the professional game. So the ECNL does a great job preparing players for that transition because every game is a grind and that that's what makes it so fun and special. So this is breaking the line, the East and L podcast, the entire show dedicated to the PDA. And we're especially thrilled to have 16 year old South Korea, international Casey fair, who played in the PDA played in the world cup for South Korea, and then made decision to head out to the West coast and join angel city FC. 
Casey, who right now is kind of your favorite teammate? I know it's early doors, but do you have somebody that you've already kind of bonded with in a big way? So me and Giselle Thompson, we've gotten super, super close. Like we're probably the closest in age. She's 18. And I feel like we relate to each other so much. And it's like, I feel like it's made the transition a lot easier having her there with me because we're going through the same thing. We're both young. And we're both like young and we're not, we're close enough in age where we can like giggle and laugh about some things. Like some of our teammates will tell you, we laugh a lot together. So definitely she and I have bonded. All the older players, like they're super nice also, but I don't know. I just think with her, like we've become such fast friends, which is something that like, I think is rare. No, I appreciate that answer. You know, it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, is 16 too young and should you spend any time in college and really you know in madison you can pipe in here as well but to me i think if you can play age doesn't matter and then b i also think it'll keep you younger longer you know i mean you can always go back to college and do those kind of things i mean maybe you'll miss a prom or homecoming i'm not sure casey you know some of those things that uh, you know other 16 year olds will do but i mean you're playing the game you love and you have the ability to do it so why not right i mean just like being able to like play the sport that i love as a job at like so young is so amazing to me like i would have never imagined it but like i'm really not a big school person so college like i don't know i really (laughs) i like school but school work i don't love so i think just being able to forgo that and then play the sport that I love with like a lot of my friends every single day is just so amazing. That's a fair answer. Don't you think Madison? Oh, a hundred percent. We talk about all the time, myself and Mike, that soccer has no age. If you can play, you can play when you're on the field. It doesn't matter. And I think you have that ability to learn from experienced players while still being fresh in your career. I think it's, if you have the opportunity, a hundred percent. So you find your friends and again, it, it all works out. So I think it's, it's, that's the exciting part about it for sure. Has Casey Fair ever had the opportunity to work out with Riley Tiernan, who's also a pretty explosive player. Have you ever trained with Riley Tiernan, Casey? I think maybe one time at AP2 to like pick up. Do you recall anything, Madison, with Riley and Casey? Yeah, I feel like maybe either at AP2T, which is a, a place that we call our soccer factory. We do a lot of pickup there. <laughs> uh, a lot of our PDA players, Rutgers players training there. And then maybe futsal, but nothing, obviously, just oh, the yeah. age difference. It never kind of overlaps, but a couple of times for sure. But be a fun one-on-one to watch. <laughs> Just a couple more questions with Casey Fair, who we're just delighted to be with. Casey, I know you're not supposed to ask uh, a woman, you know, how old they are, but I am interested when you do turn 17. When When's your birthday? June 29th, so this summer. Okay, so June 29th. So so live it up uh, and then still live it up more as a 17-year-old. <laughs> Uh, yeah well for sure that's just incredible Casey so I mean as you sit there right now have you thought about the fact that you know hey I've seen Marta play in multiple world cups I'd like to do that too do you have thoughts about that for sure like I think this was my first taste at a world cup but I think we obviously didn't get the result we wanted so now for internationally the next step is qualifying again so I'm going to Portugal it's not been announced but we're going to Portugal on February 18th, and so now it's just the road to the next World Cup. And definitely, I think I want to help the Korean team, like my country, the best that I can to go further in the next World Cup. And then, for sure, like try and qualify for as many as I can while I'm still playing. I mean, Madison, at its core, how endearing is that to hear somebody say, you know, they, they want to play in multiple World Cups? I mean... Think about it. She could play in six, seven World Cups potentially if she wants to. It's amazing. I mean, there's no words to to just know the future is so bright for you, Casey. I'm so excited. And I think I hear all the time, play until you can't. So that is my advice to you. Play until you can't. Keep going and and make your country proud. I I know that you will. And it's it's such an exciting thing that you have in front of you. So take it day by day. But I think whatever you want out of it, you can get out of it for sure. All right. Two more questions for both of you. And it will be the same question for both of you. We will start with you, 
Casey, when you hear these three letters, PDA, and just a sentence or two, what do they mean to Casey Fair? And then we'll have Madison Tiernan answer the same question. I think it's just been like my home, really, for like growing up, like my soccer home, I guess, my home away from home. And I live really close to PDA, so it is home to me. But I think from a soccer standpoint, it's just, it doesn't get better than that for club soccer. PDA is just the top, I would say. That's a great answer. Madison Tiernan, you dedicated a lot of time to PDA. When you hear those three letters, what do they mean to Madison Tiernan? Very similar to Casey. They mean family to me. And I think what family means is you come out, you put in a hard day's work, and you know the people around you are going to take care of you. We're going to help you. We're going to push you, develop you, make you the best version of yourself. But at the end of the day, these are the people you laugh with, you cry with, you win with, you lose with. But end of the day, it's always about family, whether you now have moved on from PDA. Every time you come back, you're you're still a part of our family. So definitely the one word that comes to mind when I think of PDA. All right, Madison, I'm going to start with you. Now it's four letters. When you hear these four letters, ECNL, what does that mean to Madison Tiernan? I think ECNL means grit, all levels, not just from competing within your own club, but also the other clubs. I think you have your rivalries that exist, which make it so and I think the trajectory of the of obviously the league is just up and up and it's exciting to be a part of it, but definitely grit, just the hardworking, the best of the best. Ooh, I like that answer. Casey Fair, when you hear those four letters, E, C, and L, what do they mean to you? I agree a lot with Madison, but I just think competitiveness and it's just the best of the best. It's the best league for girls soccer in the U.S., I think, and just it's helped me develop so much with all the competition within the league. Like it's the whole country. And I think a lot of really great players have come out of the, the league and just like the players I can play against locally and for like further tournaments. It's just, it's a really, really great league that people have put a lot of effort into. So I think it's just great. Casey, I've been lucky to meet a lot of cool people, be involved in world cups and Olympics and everything else. But let me just say, I was super excited about this and it's an honor to meet you and I look forward to following your path and want to thank you so much for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're all super proud of you. So congratulations. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. All right. And then Madison Tiernan, I'm just going to pose this question to you. So I'm already worried that I'm going to be calling a game and Casey Fair is going to beat the North Carolina Courage on a game that I'm calling. That was my first worry. But now, Madison, the more I think about it, I can picture a World Cup 12 years from now, and I can picture South Korea beating the USA and Casey Fair being the player that beats the USA. What do we do if that happens, Madison Tiernan? Well, we're Casey Fair fans, so we're going to root for Casey no matter what, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right, Casey, what would that mean to you if you beat the USA in the World Cup? I would just be ecstatic, like so happy. <laughs> Very excited and happy. I, I mean. <laughs> well, that's a fair answer. And uh, certainly I've been excited and happy to have you both on. Congratulations, Casey. Madison, you're always a joy. Congrats on your baby. Your your babies do win, Madison? August 5th. August 5th. So Casey, Yay. she's she's right now juggling between Dean and Casey. I'll keep you posted on which one she picks. Okay, Casey? <laughs> I think if it's a girl, it should be Casey. If it's a boy, it should be Dean. Oh, you're sweet. Thank that you, Dean. I'm, I'm guessing Dean has no chance either way, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Casey's probably, probably got a good chance, boy or girl. Casey Fair, what a delight. Madison Tiernan, what a delight. Thank you both. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. This edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is not done, and we are not done talking PDA. When we return, we will be joined by Mike O'Neill, who's got a big-time job with the PDA. He's also the very successful head coach of the Rutgers women's soccer team, where he's been to not one but two college cups in short order, and also Nick Heineman. More PDA with Mike O'Neill and Nick Heineman after this message. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. 
Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Hard not to think about youth soccer and think about the incredible work at the PDA. Legendary, legendary players coming out of the PDA. And we're joined by Mike O'Neill, who is the executive director for PDA, also known for amazing success as the Rutgers women's soccer coach. And Nick Heineman is the technical director for girls of the PDA. He's also an assistant coach at Seton Hall. Hello, Mike O'Neill. Hello, Dean. Thanks for having me on. And hello, Nick Heineman. All right, Dean. Thanks for having me. All right, Nick. I know Mike O'Neill really well, so we're going to start with you. Tell us your story a little bit. When did you get involved with the PDA? When did you get involved with Seton Hall? It's a podcast, so take your time. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no problem. I uh, came over from England in uh, 2006. I think it was about 2009. I was fortunate enough to bump into Mike uh, in a small indoor facility in uh, Flemington, New Jersey. I, was, I think I was running a session there, and uh, you know, we hit off right away, and Mike was telling me uh, about PDA, this club, and, um, you know, we were able to make it happen, and I started working there. I think I've, I'm in my 12th year now at PDA. Uh, Seton Hall, I'm in my second year. Okay. Um, so the head coach, Josh Osset, is a PDA staff member as well. He went into Seton Hall and asked if I'd go as an assistant, and uh, Mike was very supportive and uh, told me it was something I should, I should do. So, I actually, I was going to wait for this, but... You know, Mike, I've been wanting to ask you this even on our calls for the Big Ten Network, and that is when you're at the PDA and you've got someone like Nick who works for Seton Hall and you got some other coaches that are at other schools, do you guys ever get in a battle for some of the players that you're trying to get? Yeah, not really. Okay. You know, because the, the thing that's important for us is we all work well together and we want to see each other be successful. You know, so we have a lot of conversation about a lot of players, but at the same time, our goal is to make sure that they go to the right university where they can get a great education and have a lot of success. So I think when you put people in the room that are like-minded, they're easy conversations. All right, so Mike, let's do some history here. The best that you know, and Mike, you wear so many hats, you may not know everything, but when was the PDA first formed, approximately? You don't have to know the exact year but kind of close when was it first formed uh, 1999 that's what i thought a long yeah, time ago long time ago 1999 and that was when the women won the world cup at home and yep. when it started was it only girls or heavy girls or is pda only girls like tell me a little bit more about pda yeah the way that it started was a vision by tom anderson who is the president and owner of pda and a good man it's had a positive uh, impact on all of our lives and the game of soccer, you know. So it was vision of Tom Anderson and another gentleman by the name of Sam Nellens. And we started off, I think there was four girls teams and one boys. And now it's, uh, it's grown into, uh, you know, one of the top youth girls clubs in the country. And like I said, it's, we talk so much about the people. We have the right people that work at PDA that understand it's not about them. It's about the players. And it's been a long journey, but a good journey, you know, because of the, we don't lose sight that it's sport, you know. And through sport, we want to make sure that, you know, we work hard and we have fun. So how many boys teams are there now and how many girls teams are there now approximately? I think we're over about over 50 teams um, between the boys and girls just out of the PDA North location alone. Yeah. And PDA, I'm glad that you said that because even like – where I'm from with Gary Butte and North Carolina FC, they've you know figured out a way to reach into the other side of Burlington and the other side of Chatham County and Johnson County and that type of thing. And they all come together kind of under the auspices of Raleigh, right? So how many different locations does PDA have up there in the New Jersey, New York area? We have a North area. That's the, that's the main location. And then we have one at the Jersey Shore and one in PDA South. Each of them has their own directors, and they do a great job. And there's constant communication on player development and how we can figure out ways to continue to grow and evolve and make things better. So it still goes back to the first question that you asked. is like it's a, a group of coaches that work very well together, that understand that what we're trying to do is, is put the best product out and do uh, the best we can do for player development, and then 
the collegiate exposure is important to us. So we figure out a way to, to work together and make sure that from player development and exposure that exists, it doesn't matter if it's in the north, the shore, or the south, that there's a high level of expectation in all we do. Well, here are two of the leaders of PDA, Mike O'Neill and Nick Heineman. And Nick, kind of going back to you telling your sort of very brief story, and I know there's a lot more to who you are and what you're about. But, you know, when you came over here and then found out about PDA, then took a look at it and saw the quality of it, and I know you're across the pond. You're from England, right? Is that right? Where in England? Um, small town in Yorkshire called Bradford. Okay, but clearly you know how good they are over there. But, I mean, the PDA is legit. Like, when you saw how good they are, particularly on the girls' side, I'll let you guys also big pimp the boys' side. But, I mean, particularly on the girls' side, were you like, man, th there's nothing like this over in England. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because the, the girls' game, there wasn't any girls' game when I came over from England. And it's, um, you know, it's really grown tremendously now, um, but not when I was there. And, you know, seeing the, the girls' side and the level, I was very interested to get involved because, you know, coaching the girls, they really look up to you and you're a real educator of the game. And I think um, the quality was definitely there. So it was nice to be able to go in um, with some really good teams and, you know, be able to have an impact on, on some of them young girls, you know. All right. So we're going to bounce back in history a couple times, probably even predating you, Nick Heineman, if we can. But, Mike, I want to start with the fact that when did PDA join the ECNL? Was it right off the top, uh, or did you wait a little bit and check it out? No, we jumped right in, you know, because we, the leadership in the ECNL is fantastic. You know, they've got great vision. And when we were part of the original group of clubs that came in, with this idea of what we wanted to do because the federation was not doing anything for the girls' side of the game. And um, so we had these ideas, but everybody had these ideas, but the execution of the ideas were very hard, you know? And then, you know, Christian came in and Doug came in and, you know, they did the things that we couldn't do. You know, it's just the forming of the league, getting everybody together, uh, continuously sharing this vision so at that time, you know, we had the clubs, but we needed a bit more experience in leadership and how to grow the league. And uh, Christian and Doug were perfect for it. And when U.S. soccer then decided they were going to get in the D.A. business for a little bit, did you have to step out and step in there or did you just stay in the ECNL but then elevated a team? How did that work the way you remember it, Mike? Yeah, so what we did when we found out that the Federation was doing the girls' uh, DA is that obviously uh, we were one of the first clubs that they reached out to and there was a, a, a small group of clubs that they reached out to to try to kind of build the base and everybody was like, okay, this is something that we have to take a look at because it's coming from the Federation. So we originally decided that we were going to go in. And, but at the same time, we also were able to keep a team in the ECNL, which was key to us, because we weren't really sure on how the, the DA would go. And uh, so I remember being in a, a meeting in the uh, soccer house and just kind of everybody was talking about different things. And when it came around to me, it's just like the thing that was important for us at PDA was that we had a voice. And, uh, and that voice would be on player development and how the league would run. And uh, we were assured that we would. Um, and then kind of as we got through the year and with all the different rules of not playing high school and the substitution, stuff like that, it was different for us. So I been, have been a PDA at that time for, for over 18 years maybe. And... In that one year, I seem to put out more fires than all the other 17 years, 18 years combined. Mm. And it was just different. But the thing that you realize is that, you know, our main goal was player development. Our main goal was the exposure. We still wanted to have players that represent our country from our club because we've been fortunate to do that at every level. But you always have to try to figure out what's the best for your club. And so we were there for a year. And... Um, what we decided after a year was that, you know, it really wasn't for us because there was, you know, just there was just a, a seemed that to be there'd be a lot of upset people during mm. that time. Okay. And and we're looking at it and we're saying, look, we have more unhappy people now than we've ever had before. Right. And the idea of where 
we felt that we, what we needed to do and have a say in the game for all the right reasons, which is critical, you know, that we knew that we would have a, a more of an impact and a larger say by now going back to the ECNL. And it's just for us, it didn't work. For others, it may have. Um, but us going back to the ECNL really worked for us. So we're, we're home. Well, this is a layup, but it was so key that you kept a team in the ECNL because after testing it out, you're, you never left, basically, yeah. right? That was important. Yeah, and, and Dean, that's really important, too, because what we were able to do is the, you know, we're one of the clubs, uh, one of the few clubs that have, we have two teams in the, from PDA that are in the ECNL, a blue and a white. And, like, that was really important to us because when we came back, we wanted to make sure that we had a place to play, which the teams coming back from the DA, they would. But we also had a group of players that have decided not to do that. And how we, you know, uh, treated them at that time was really important because they were the ones that were part of the ECNL for the year that, that the, the DA group was away. So they kind of held down a four for us. So now it was important on what we did with everybody in the club. And ECNL worked with us, which was really important for player development. And, uh, you know, and we're, we're grateful. And remind everybody what PDA stands for. Players Development Academy. Players Development Academy. And you have developed some players. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun. We'll start with you, and then we'll get to your era. But, I mean, Mike, if I'm correct, I think Heather O'Reilly Came out of PDA. Did Tobin Heath? Tobin also Heath, come yep. Did Casey Murphy was another Casey one. Casey Murphy, Casey okay. Casey Murphy's there. So we had Tobes, we had Heather, we had Casey Murphy. We've got a couple of players that are involved in the youth programs now. Uh, Courtney Brosnan, who, is, uh, who played in the last World Cup, played for Ireland. Nice. She was during that time. Her and Casey Murphy were the goalkeepers for the same team. Okay. When you didn't have to deal with, okay, well, you know, if I don't play a full game, I'm going to go somewhere. No, they sharpened each other to be two of the best keepers in the world. Um, so we've been fortunate to have, on the boys' and the girls' side, to have players that have represented our country at every level. And we have some that are there now, um, which is in Nick's era. So I'll turn it over to Nick. Yeah, Nick, tell me about uh, some of the key ones now. Maybe they're at colleges right now that uh, I might be calling down the road, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got certainly a lot. Mike's got, Mike's got a bunch of Rutgers. We start to see a few come to Seton Hall as well. But, um, you know, we're finally starting to get some back in the, in the picture with the, with the U.S. national team and, and some, um, some other national teams as well um, who have been fortunate, you know, with dual citizenship and things to have um, different pathways and opportunities, um, which is great. But, um, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of good players. I think uh, Casey Fair was uh, the recent one who played in the World Cup with yeah. Korea. Um, she played for Mike, and, you know, Casey's, Casey's doing great. We've got one currently about to go away with the 17s, I think, Riley Cross, um, who's been with us since the start, I think, and finally yeah. is getting uh, some recognition. She's a fantastic player, and, um, you know, we feel we've got a bunch more. We've got a couple in the, um, we're in the U14 camp, uh, Du Stanislaus um, and Amari Manning that went into camp. And, um, you know, like I say, we think we're finally getting back on track. We're starting to get the recognition of them players and getting them back in the youth setup with, the, with some of the national teams. And I know you already said it, but let's remind everybody again, when you <laughs> first joined PDA, it was what year? It was, I think it was about 2000 and, uh, 2009. 2009. Yeah, 10, yeah. And when did you become the technical director? What year was that? That was uh, a few years ago. Um, I started, I mean, when I went to PDA, I went as an assistant. Uh -huh. um, and I was an assistant to Mick Smith. Um, I've coached a lot of teams with Mick through the years at PDA. And uh, it was a um, 2005 team. And somehow there was some shuffling. And another team opened up. There were U8 at the time. And uh, I ended up being given the chance to coach them. Um, that was a team I took for from there. I took them for... Uh, Seven years um, finished. Well, my last game was down at the ICC Cup against Barcelona. Wow. Um, we had some good players come out of that team. But, you know, I did that team. I started on one team. Um, I went as an assistant on one team, went to one team, then got two teams. Uh, and then moved on from there. Uh, some good guidance from Mike, who's always supporting me. And, uh, you know, I worked my way through the club. And now i technical director. I run the camps and programs. I run the tournaments. And uh, I coach the current 2012 team. So. 
How awesome is that, Mike? I mean, I love that because a lot of times you get into this game and you're a former player or whatever, and maybe you're not quite quite sure what the next step is, and then you're like, well, I don't want to leave the game, so coaching is the game. But then you get somebody like Nick Heineman that not only gets stuck in as a coach, but sees kind of his stars start to shine to the point where he becomes the technical director. So that tells me that you're paying attention to how they act outside of, you know, what's going on between the lines, right? You're always looking for, I guess, maybe the next person to, to step up. And, and this is a perfect example in Nick Heineman, right? Yeah, 100%, Dean. is like we do a really good job if we talk about the soccer community as a small community when you have the right people in your community. And at PDA, you know, we look at the development of our coaches is very, very important because we have, like Nick was talking about, we have really good coaches at the younger ages which builds the base. But you get a chance, like we are in each other's business, which is great. So we get a chance, like coaching education exists every day at PDA. And we're trying to figure out ways that, like, we look for current, but we also look for the future where we see some of the coaches, whether that be uh, Madison Tiernan, Trish DiPaolo, uh, Ken Moyer, you know, some of our younger coaches, where, where are they going to be in five years? And I remember having this conversation with Nick, and, and it was like, okay, here's the responsibilities that you have to have. And looking at these responsibilities and saying, look, this is what you have to execute until the, the next time we sit down. And, uh, and that exists all the time because in the club there's a lot of responsibility, just not the coaching because our club is a family. And what happens within the family is when anything has to be done, we try to figure out who gets it done, but we all work together. And I think that the progression of coaching development is really important for us, you know, from youth to the old, because we're not going to be here forever. Yeah. And we want to make sure that the club is in a great place that we can, you know, still be one of the leaders in the game for uh, player development, uh, coaching development, and just for the good of the game. So, you know, we're very selective on who we bring in. There's not a lot of turnover. There's not. If we lose a coach, it's because they've gone on and maybe get a collegiate job or, or something like that. But it's uh, our reflection is our leader which is Tom Anderson. Mm -hmm. And for us as a coaching staff, we're going to do everything we can to not let him down because he has had a positive impact in, in the game and so many players going to collegiately playing for our country or their you know, uh, coaches and having an impact in their lives. So it's important for us that we take a lot of pride in the PDA brand, the PDA, the, the three letters. We'll talk more about those three letters, PDA, after this quick message. You're listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. So great to have Nick Heineman, who's the technical director for PDA, and Michael Neal, who's the executive director. Nick, I do, I do want to know, because you guys are such a model franchise, to know that this happens in this club, where you come on, next thing you know, you didn't even know what PDA was, right? When you came over, basically is what you said, right? And you get the job, you're coaching, and now you're technical director. What do you remember about that process? Uh, was it a long interview process? Was it stressful at all? And clearly you had to be excited because I, I got to believe it means a little bit more money, which we, you know, we all want as we continue to develop. Uh, just walk us through that process. Yeah, no, I mean, initially it was a few minute conversation sat in this small indoor facility and he said yep come on come on board and uh it was pretty easy to get there i think that once you got there you realize what the club was about and you know the vision of the club like mike says and you know the work that was ahead um uh, because you know we have everything from the players the facility the coaches everything so um 
you know, you could see right away the vision of the club, and it was just trying to trying to get my head down and work hard. And that's, you know, I I know the exact meeting that Mike's talking about when we spoke, and I think that was a a good turning point for me because it was, you know, here's the opportunities for you, here's what lies ahead, this is how you how you can get there. And I think I just I just worked hard and, you know, tried to take on a little bit more responsibility and each time prove to the club that, you know, I was able to do the tasks and eventually, like you say, it leads to a few more responsibilities, um, a little bit more income, which it's not easy in New Jersey, you know, with three kids as well. Yeah. Um, but Mike's been great and, you know, all, all my family's in England, so I always tell Mike, he's like, He's like a father to me in uh, in New Jersey. You know? Older brother, Dean. Yeah. Older, brother. <laughs> Older brother. Set him straight, Mike, for sure. Absolutely. Mike's not that old, but always a pleasure. You know, I get the benefit of seeing more of Mike with the Big Ten Network because Rutgers is always good. They're always fun to put on TV, win or lose. They play the game the right way. And I'm not saying that in a sycophantic way because he's sitting there. He knows I say it when I'm on the air. Uh, how do you guys make it work? You know, I do a lot of different things, and that's how I like it. You know, I mean, I like to have a lot of different things. You would think that it wouldn't be that easy to be a head coach or an assistant coach at a preeminent university like Rutgers and Seton Hall. How do you manage all of that? We'll start with you, and then, Mike, I'd also like your take on that. Yeah, I think, like Mike said, you know, we're, we I think we talk every day. Um, you know, we're always communicating, so... You know, there's no surprises. Um, you know, we know about each other's business and who's going where, who's looking at where. And, you know, we make it work because, you know, a lot of the players, we, we do want them to stay home, those that want to stay in Jersey, and make sure they find the right program. So, you know, there's plenty of players out there. And I think between the two programs, um, you know, we, we do a good job of, like I said, communicating and, you know, we always know what's going on. So there's no real, no surprises. Mike, I have always wondered how, how you do it. How, how do you do it? <laughs> Um, well, uh, no, Dean, it's a, I am fortunate. I'm very fortunate. You know, when I'm at PDA, I, I work with great people. You know, a lot of the staff at Rutgers also works at PDA. So it's kind of like we have our coaching community that, you know, when uh, coaches need to step up and support each other and help, that's what they, we do. You know, I've got a, a gentleman that I work with, Larry Hard, who is, uh, I trust Larry with my life. You know, and he's a good man. And there's like, you know, we have we have titles, but they don't mean a lot, you know, to us because like we use titles to help people. But at the same time, you know, it's just like whatever has to get done. That's what we do. We understand we have a, a few other coaches that coach collegiately. So we kind of set that up where their fall is a bit lighter than their spring. So those coaches that are not coaching collegiately step up and help in every capacity. So they're everybody's so supportive of each other. Um, so I think that, you know, in whether that be at uh, PDA at Rutgers, I think the key piece is surrounding yourself with good people that understand that, you know, you want them to be successful. So we use all our resources to make sure that everybody has a good life. I think it's fair to say, Nick Kineman, that there's a little bit of jealousy, not in like a mean girl type of way, but there's a little bit of jealousy of what PDA represents. You know what I mean? You see PDA, and you're like, damn, that's PDA. Like, do you feel that? And, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, I think... You know, we've had some very successful teams going back, and I think we, you know, I always talk to my teams about the three letters is like a, a target on the front of your jersey. You know, mm, everybody, yeah. you know, it, everybody wants to take down PDA, and, you know, that I like that because that, that makes it more of a challenge that you've got to work a little bit harder to make sure that, um, you know, that doesn't happen. And it's... You bring your you best. Know, yeah, you bring your best, and it's um, that's what keeps us going, you know, that we have to... There's some great clubs out there and people are doing some great stuff, and we have to keep evolving and keep being better. Didn't you just win a championship, too, for the ECNL? What, what age group, what team, yeah, uh, when was, did that happen? Yeah, that was the 2009s. Okay. Um, last year, the U14s, um, they did. They won the national championship. Um, we had a great run. They, you know, I always talk to the teams about you know, hitting your stride at the right time, and we went to playoffs, um, and we played the four games out in San Diego, didn't concede a goal. Um, I think we scored 28 um, goals in the playoffs, didn't concede. Then we played San Diego Surf in the final, 1-2-1. One, one. Nice. They scored a, game, a goal with five minutes to go, and that was the first game we gave oh. up in the playoffs. But, you know, I think that's important to us for me, and it's come from Mike, is that it's not, you know, winning the championships is great, but our goal was to go out and play good football and outplay the teams that we play in the games as well as win. Because, you know, I believe that, if, you know, part of, you know, uh, the game is if you outplay the other team, you will get the result. 
So how does it work to where you can keep that team together? And as you're keeping it together, forgive my ignorance, but do you get to stay on and coach them or do you have to hand them over to somebody else? Yeah, so, you know, we kind of have a little structure in place. And when they go to high school, like Mike said, you know, we have some coaches that work with the older team. So um, part of my role, you know, I like to work with them younger ages, the 12, 13, 14s, who I think is a, a key developmental age for them. So I take them at U12, um, build them, and then we go U13 and 14, and then pass them on and then back down to the U12. So that's currently where I'm at. So I've done that the last few times. The 05s, I had them to U14, then passed them on at 15. Uh, they won a national championship at uh, U14 as well. And then the 09s took them to 14 and now back to the 12s. So. Okay, so it, it's just, it's worked. I mean, it continues it to work, right? Yeah. yeah, it works because there's no egos. Okay. You know, and so sometimes what happens is you can find that coaches believe it's their team. I think what we understand at PDA, it's the club's team. It's PDA's team. So we try to figure out a way that we can, you know, the decisions that we make at that time, we feel could be the best for the player or and or for the team because they're going on to the next leg of the journey who with coaches that have a lot of experience collegiately, uh, things of that nature. Um, so it's ones that we just continue to work together. We sit in a room and we, okay, what do you, everybody, everybody has an opinion, you know, which is really good for us because we all sit down at the table and we're, we realize that we're there for the right reason. So I think for us, our structure works. Michael O'Neill, Executive Director for PDA, Nick Heineman, Technical Director. Just a couple more questions, and I'll let you guys get back to what is going to be an exciting couple days as part of the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. It's actually the seventh annual Nick Heineman. I don't know how many you've been to. This is my third. I'm assuming, Mike, you've probably been to all of them, right? Yeah, pretty much all of them. They're getting bigger and better, 750, yeah. and the speakers they're bringing in are getting bigger and better, right? I mean, unbelievable. it just feels like ECNL is doing everything right at every return and that seems like a softball but I actually mean it yeah no no doubt about it and again I still think it comes back Dean to the first question the leadership like these guys like Christian and, and Doug and their staff have built a really good structure around them the league is as strong as it's ever been and it shows in the people that are coming in to present you know so as someone who has been to many of these and just excited I'm excited to listen to the people present, but it's it's like, and I think the thing that's so important with ECNL is ECNL just continues, like they're not really concerned about what others are doing. What ECNL is trying to figure out is how we can do it the best. How do we make it better? And that's different because if you, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on, but at the same time, they're always continuing to raise the bar, whether it be at a symposium, whether it be on the field, whether it be coaching education, doing all the right things for all the right reasons. Yeah, I, I second that. I think um, this is my, I think I've been four or five times now. Okay. Um, you know, and I've seen them grow tremendously. And I think, like you say, the quality of the speakers, uh, the names that they're bringing speaks yeah. for itself. Um, and again, Mike said it best. It, it comes down to the leadership and, you know, what, what they see. And we continue to evolve as coaches. And I think they said there's 750 people here. There's people from all yeah. over the country, I think. You know, you see people, you know, they want to be involved in this. And I think that's the that's the thing. You've got a lot of people in that room that then go back to their clubs and pass that on to uh, to their players. I think it's it's fantastic. We're going to end with three rapid fire questions where I'm really just looking for a sentence or just a couple words. And we'll start with you, Nick Heineman. When you hear these three letters, P-D-A, in five words or less or one sentence, what do you think? We want to be the top club in the country. That That's, works for me. Yeah. Yeah, very simple. Mike, when you hear PDA, what do you think? Development and family. Development and family. Okay, I want to do the same thing with these four letters, ECNL. We'll start with you, Nick Heineman. Yeah, the best platform for the youth players to play in the country. Top, top league in the country. All right, now I might throw you off because I'm not sure how much Mike reads. I feel like you might be more of a reader than Mike, but <laughs> the, sure book, that, the book that you're reading right now, Nick Heineman, uh, do you have a book that uh, you want to share with us? Or And it, maybe it's not right now, but a book that uh, has made a difference in your life. You know, the one that um, that I read was actually from one of the speakers here, the book Legacy, Okay. Uh, when James Kerr was yeah. speaking. So that was one I, I liked a lot of the All Black stuff, and then he was here speaking. I got to meet him and talk to him, and uh, that was one that I actually sat down and read. That absolutely works. Mike O'Neill. We, we used the same book for uh, preseason for uh, Rutgers. 
So that would be the last book. Great Same book. one he said. Great book. Like All right. Great Mike, book. Mike O'Neill, the executive director for PDA, also the head coach for the Rutgers women's soccer team. Every year he's been the head coach. Every year he's been to the NCAA tournament. Nick Heinemann, isn't it amazing what he's done at Rutgers too, by the way? Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. You know, it's hopefully Seton Hall can catch them one day. <laughs> well, yeah, and I want to end with that, Mike. Uh, what You must be proud of Nick Heinemann now being on the Seton Hall staff. Yeah, I think there's we take great joy in uh, the success of – everybody that works with us. That's why he said before, there's no titles. You know, we just, you know, seeing uh, your people shine is really important, you know, and I get a chance, like, whether that be with the staff at Rutgers or the, the staff at PDA, and, you know, some of my favorite times are when they're in the front of the room and they're commanding the room, leading the room with great knowledge and experience, and or, you know, we have coaches that are, you know, just won a national championship and, you know, there's like eight other coaches up there with them, you know, because everybody has a role in the development of the player in the club. And uh, to me, that's really important because we're kind of all in this together. I love that, Mike. I hope you never get sick of me because I, I want to stay around. I want to keep calling games on the Big Ten Network. I want to keep doing this, and uh, I want you to keep doing it as well. So what do you got for me? Just a shout-out. I think the hiring of Ralph Richards and Jason Cutney was, uh, was a good one. Okay. Really good. All right. Any last words from you, Nick? No, I'd have to agree with that. And. Um my first podcast, Dean, so I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, awesome. Nick Heineman, the technical director, and Mike O'Neill, the executive director for PDA, the Player Development Academy. Thanks for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you, Thanks Mike. Thanks for having me as always, Dean. A pleasure. All right, have fun this week. Yeah, we will. Thank you. Okay, Thanks, perfect. Dean. Perfect indeed. Perfect visits with the super talented Casey Fair at 16 years old, already played in the World Cup for South Korea, already signed with Angel City Football Club of the NWSL, along with Madison Tiernan with PDA and also the Rutgers coaching staff, Mike O'Neill, the chief executive for PDA and the longtime head coach of the Rutgers women's soccer team. And also great to get to know Nick Heineman, who now has a big role and is also on the Seton Hall coaching staff, PDA all the way around. Speaking of PDA, some public display of affection for our producer, Colin Thrash, the great people at the ECNL, especially Ashley Willis, Andrea Wheeler, Ralph Richards, Jason Cutney, Christian Labors, Doug Bracken. You know who you are, and I do appreciate you. Most importantly, I appreciate all of the great members, players, administrators that make up the ECNL. For each and every one of you and all of them, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.